0: Are you ready to be awakened and empowered in your calling and purpose? Are you a builder and shaper of the church, marketplace, and society? Welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Schneider, and I look forward to helping you get equipped as a catalyst of the kingdom in your sphere. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Schneider. We are in our A Mature Apostolic Prophetic Series. Today, we're talking about corporate unity and the territorial nature of Canadian prophets. And when you hear a title like that, you might be thinking, come on, Derek, what's happened to you? You're being so hard on the prophets, or what's with these serious topics? Well, the reality is when you go deep, into some of these things, you find out that that many strongholds are in place that are holding back our nation from getting breakthrough and the truth. There's power in truth. It's never wrong to speak the truth in love. And and that's what we want to do today, speaking the truth in love with a redemptive uh, seasoning on top of that. And we just welcome the Holy Spirit to help us To do that. Now, catch the title again Corporate Unity, which is a concept in itself. We look for a a unity within the church and and all of that, and the territorial nature of Canadian prophets. Now, one of the things you find, and and again, we'll use my, my own home country, Canada, as a bit of a case study here. One of the strange phenomenons that you run into when you touch down on Canadian soil or look at the prophetic landscape with prophetic leadership is you'll find, along with prophetic words being released and the function of the prophet or prophetic companies in the nation of Canada, there's always a sort of territorial thing, and I can just imagine some of you nodding your head right now watching this, this territorial thing which we call a territorial spirit or political spirit, is not far behind. You see clamoring for territory, uh, you know, feeling ownership over this part of Canada, or you came into my territory and ministered and didn't consult me, and you just have this thing that we all kind of know is overtly not kingdom at all. Uh, It's the antithesis of of corporate unity, but yet it exists, and yet it prevails, especially in Canada. Uh, Why is that? Well, it's because it's a spirit, and oftentimes spirits, although we are sanctified believers, we're leaders, where there is, like James 3.16, for example, where there is jealousy and envy or where there is envy and selfish ambition there is every chaos and every evil thing we sometimes even as leaders can be doorways where the enemy can come and go freely and work through us and you see this chaos and 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 evil tools being used among christian leaders especially as it pertains to the prophetic community and the funny thing about it is you'll find that You know, taking territory isn't really an outflow of the prophet dimension. That's an apostolic, apostle dimension to pursue and take territory. So, But you'll find prophets and prophetic voices attempting to own territory. And and you even look at their own self-deception. They think this is their realm, this is their territory, and it's very sad to watch as we clamor amongst each other fight, divide, there's division, excommunication, and all of this yucky stuff goes on in the name of the pursuit of territory, when this is not at all what God has called the Canadian Canadian prophets to. Now, this desire for corporate unity, uh, Canada would definitely be, of all the nations I've been to, uh, and having lived in Canada and been in almost every mainstream movement in Canada in the last 30 plus years or so, um, or, or been around it enough, uh, the corporate unity piece is always we're in pursuit of. And I believe that's because that's part of our DNA as a nation to lead the way in that. But what we find is rather than come into a unity that's birthed of the Spirit, born of the Spirit, that carries a glory to it. We have this manufactured form of unity. And I want to just hone in on this scripture that Canada often, we, we draw from this scripture and we long for this and it's good, but we fall short. It's John 17, 20 to 23. Let me just read it and then unpackage this a bit further because once you can identify the false attempts and the man, the attempt to manufacture what's being talked about in John 17, you, you, you discover why worldly tools, political tools, slander, excommunication, division, it, it, it all makes sense to you. So stay with me here. John 17 verses 20 to 23 says, I do not pray for these alone. This is Jesus speaking, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. So Jesus is making a comparison that just as Jesus and the Father are one, May all the body of Christ be one, as they are one. So obviously, the unity between God the Father and Jesus is more than a uh, a meeting, more than having coffee together, more than a network, uh, more than association, and all of that. There's something clearly deeper there. If you understand perichoresis and. And we don't have time to get into the depths of that word, but the dance, the tango, the spiritual glory between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it's that kind of unity that Jesus is praying for, that we would be brought into that dance as such as as the Trinity has. This is a glory so far beyond, I'm part of your network, I attend these gatherings, this is our movement. Uh, need i say more but but let me continue here as you father are in me and i in you that they may also be uh one in us that the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me i have given to them that they may be one just as we are one. That's what you hear quoted all the time. I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. This is a spiritual glory. This is something born of the Spirit. This is something that only the Spirit of of the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ can facilitate this is something held together by the glue of honor and anointing and and a grace. Uh, this is something I would I would beg to say is even a bit deeper than we can fathom in this lifetime. This is a god-given glory that again goes so far beyond, We attend meetings, we have roundtables, we have... All of that is good. It's good that we come together and dwell together in unity. But John 17 is something much deeper that must be born and facilitated by the Holy Spirit. Any attempt at manufacturing, any attempt at conformity... Uh, all of that is just going to fail and you have a man you have man-made structures and institutions that now have to be held together and managed by man-made tools and here lies the problem the principle is this when we rely on the flesh, to bring about some sort of Christian unity, we open the doors to fleshly tools that 's where we see territorialism creep in, the political spirit, uh, different agendas, and the politics come in. I often talk with Christian leaders right across the country and and it 's this ongoing phenomenon we 've kind of learned to live with is you 're part of that group i 'm part of this group and and different people have different issues with each other and you see anything but the kind of unity that the Lord is looking for. And it's no wonder the devil fights against true Christian unity because where we are unified, if we come together and be unified and organized, nothing would be impossible for us in the land. So with all of us professing that and knowing that, where is the problem? Well, again, you're dealing with a spirit. And I want to introduce you to the spirit of socialism today. Some people have dubbed it the spirit of socialism. It's it's all in tandem with the political spirit, and in the extreme uh, environments and forums, you'll see the Jezebel spirit emerge, seeking to control. For some of you watching or listening to this, you might think, this is just way out there. However, if you dip your toe in the waters of Christian leadership, especially within the prophetic movement you will run into these things and feel as though you have been half put in a blender and (laughs) come out the other side and think no wonder we are not reaching our nation now when we look at the spirit of socialism uh, the spirit of socialism thrives in manufactured or, or environments attempting to manufacture christian unity So through networks, nothing wrong with having a network, movements, gatherings, uh, companies, uh, nothing wrong with those things on their own. But as we create these environments that, that, that bring people in and then reduce them to the lowest common denominator, uh, as far as gifting is concerned and individuality in the name of unity, that's where the problem emerges. So what is the spirit of socialism? If you understand anything about socialism as, as a, a, a political situation or nations that have been socialistic nations, it essentially has to do with reducing everybody down to the lowest common denominator where we all kind of share everything and nobody's really allowed to emerge beyond the group just think about that for a moment there's trouble if somebody excels uh, beyond the group or has something more than the group has and so you can see why in the name of trying to maintain corporate unity at times we, we emasculate gifted leaders and try to reduce everybody down to the lowest common denominator and somehow we will create this mystical unity that will attract the heart of God like a secret formula and get him to send revival and to change our nation. I kid you not, that is literally the ideology that if we can get everybody happy in a room and of course, you can see how this leads to such an effort of futility. We have not been able to achieve it in every type of way we've attempted to. And we've done this year over the years. We've done this continually, hoping that somehow we can get enough of a critical mass of nobody ruffling any feathers, and perhaps that will awaken God to come and heal our land. Now, does unity bless the heart of the Father? Of course it does. How, how wonderful and pleasing it is when brothers dwell together in unity and it's like oil running down the head and the beard. There is an anointing on a unified body. There is an anointing on two or three gathering together. Of course there is. But again, the practice of mysticism and a belief system that somehow uh, a certain measure of corporate unity will awaken will awaken a sleeping God to fix our land. This just is 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 not real. This doesn't exist. Now, the spirit of socialism is fascinating when you study this. And you'll find it when you get into certain prophetic companies and certain groups. You'll notice the trend of being gifted... And so people will be attracted to your gift. People will be attracted to what you carry. They'll see what you're posting online. If you pop up on the radar on a few conference flyers and graphics, uh, you will be invited. You're suddenly, your stock, uh, your charismatic stock is sort of high, <laughs> and uh, you're invited to be part of the group And once you're invited into the group, the group has a leader. Now, everybody else has to be on the same playing field except for the leader, even though it's presented as we're all just one, loving the Lord, wanting to see things happen. Well, there is a a leader in, in charge. And you'll find that once you're brought into the group, if you're gifted, if you excel, if you have an unusual grace on your life, much like human nature, you will trigger jealousy, you will trigger insecurity, and you hope that you've ended up in a group that has mature leadership, Uh, and mature people in it to be able to handle the grace on your life. But guess what? (laughs) Much of the time, your gift and your grace will trigger problems within the group. It's hard for immature leaders to hold on to this socialistic uh, environment and keep everybody on the same page when you're exceptionally gifted. So problems arise And pretty soon, if you've ever wondered why apostles with a great grace are often isolated, true prophets with a great grace on their life are often isolated, and you've got stories of betrayal and a a train of stories uh, along with you having to do with your story of betrayal, excommunication that leads to isolation. This is just the reality Oftentimes, our gift and our grace can trigger insecurity in in mothers and fathers, uh, leaders, our peers, and and this is a continual issue, and we think we're falling short of Corporate unity. We're unable to maintain corporate unity. So you'll see among these groups the longing to minimize gifted leaders and emasculate gifted leaders. The spirit of socialism wants to cut the heads off of true apostles, true uh, true prophets, and people who function in the power gifts or gifts that, that are very demonstrative in nature. That spirit, and especially on Canadian soil, will seek to excommunicate and isolate gifted leaders even to the degree of driving them right out of the country of Canada. And I'll leave that one alone because we've touched on some of that, but the spirit of socialism will reduce everybody down until gifted leaders are out and you have a small group of the same people doing the same things, wearing the same clothes, repeating repeating the same prophetic acts, and always longing that somehow one day God will wake up and change our nation. This is actually what has caused Canada, as far as the apostles and prophets and the true apostolic and true prophetic, to stumble. Because the moment a leader comes up onto the radar that could bring change, we invite them in, beat them up, (laughs) and kick them out. This has to stop. Canada, it's time to wake up and recognize the gifted among you. It's time to wake up and allow others to rise. It's time to wake up and say, I, I'm not satisfied with just a corner of territory, but that we as, as leaders, that we as the Christian body in Canada would come together in true unity, making room for every type of expression. As we touched on already Uh, when territory is threatened. I used the words excommunicated or or all of that, but, but essentially what happens is that's when there is a control reaction that comes out of people who feel they've been holding on to territory. And this is where things get really funky on Canadian soil, because God will intentionally mess with the things that that, that Jezebel thinks belongs to her, even though it's not necessarily a female spirit, but for the sake of discussion here, when Jezebel thinks she owns territory through certain leaders, God will intentionally mess with that. He will send in leaders from other nations uh, to speak to us. He will send in people who are unusually gifted, peculiar, not the status quo Canadian leader, and he will mess with because everything is static until pressure is applied. And sometimes, and I believe we've seen this a little bit with the Canadian church, we can be so frozen in time, so stuck, for lack of a better term, that God must apply pressure through packaging people that can tick us off that can really even offend us to wake up the church. But instead, what we typically do is those who feel they hold territory, they start the meetings. They gather the meetings, they're on group chats, they're in Zoom meetings, they're having intense discussions about this person and what they said or did. And eventually at the end of the day, very few wanna speak up and give the truth because they don't wanna be excommunicated from the group. So they don't really speak up and you get a very politically charged landscape where nobody's really dealing in truth it's just follow the leader and keep the peace at any price. And what happens is truth goes out the door. Gifted people go out the door. The, word of the, the true word of the Lord goes out the door. And we're left with a socialistic company of prophetic people that have zero traction to move the nation forward or to see any change. I just have to see that for a moment in the studio here. (laughs) And that's when you see the overreaction. Pay close attention when Christian leaders overreact as if something can be taken from them. I've said to some of them, nobody can take something from you. No one can come in and take your ministry from you, what God has given you. Why fight for territory as if we are mafioso trying to slander, undercut um, character assassination, uh, using revelation, and I had a prophetic dream, and we aim accusations at leaders, all really in the name of not wanting to lose territory, not wanting to lose our position. I, I want to pause here, and I think I might even, even end it with this, but this is where we have failed to operate totally. We have failed to operate in what is the true unity among Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Where Jesus prayed this prayer, that we might be one as they are one, this is where in all of our drunken ambition, fueled with jealousy, envy, and and, and political spirit, charged meetings and gatherings, insecurity, where, where we... We literally have so much of the flesh that we harbor, there's very little surrender. We don't come across in the likeness of Jesus's high point of ministry, naked on a cross, uh, life laid down. Lord, it's not my ministry, it's yours. Lord, it's not my nation, it's yours. Uh, we, we are not entitled to anything because of our labor in in the land, uh, this kind of thing. We don't own anything. The power of the Lord Jesus Christ to take total victory and putting, putting a stake of territory, which which the cross, by the way, when the cross went into the ground... It was a stake, it was a waving flag saying, now all authority in heaven and on earth is mine. Just like when a a mountain climber is the first to reach the top of the mountain and they plant their flag in the ground, in the land, This and it's for their nation. In the same way, Jesus Christ planted a flag, which was the cross, into the ground and hung, surrendered on it. We are yet to see. What I'm seeing in the landscape of Canada, which is very alarming, is so much ambition, so much pursuit of power, and the loss of truth, the loss of genuine revelation, the resistance to anything new or anyone new being sent to us. And I'm sounding the alarm on this platform that we need to t- return to surrender. Because the way we've been functioning has not been working. I'm not talking about laying down your gifts, laying down your calling. But we're talking about the, the draining of ourselves, of the ambition, the need for power, the need for position. The bottom line is only mature and humble High-level leaders know how to walk together, to bring about and facilitate that glory. That's why this series is called A Mature Apostolic Prophetic, because of things like this that need to emerge. I was talking to a leader the other day, and I, I finished with this, and he was saying to me, I, I'm so perplexed by, there's so many streams of Christianity and, and in Canada, we focused in on Canada in our discussion and people believe different things and there are schisms and, and, and he was longing for a time when the body all believed the same thing, all, all walked together the same way, all our theology was the same and of course we would long for that. But that is idealism. That is the ideal. However, God in his genius knows that his body are at various places in their understanding and growth. And so there are different streams. If there was only one stream and you needed to check off this list of theology and doctrine and encounter and experience, and then it would greatly minimize those who can come into his kingdom and be part of his body. And so God has allowed people at different levels in the journey to find their stream. And that's Okay. It means more, get to come in and we go from glory to glory. And we hope that we would all come into maturity of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ and we will and God is leading that way. But it begins with you and I. Let's be alert and be aware of the socialistic spirit. Let's be aware of being brought into the group and what it means to navigate among other leaders the triggers of jealousy and insecurity. Look inside yourself and say, where have I been territorial? Am I wasting my time in these meetings and, and dysfunction and codependency? When God is looking for the glorious perichoresis, the dance born of the spirit, walking together, and you might find out there's more unity actually in the Canadian church than you realized. It's not all about you, it's all about us and finding ourselves in Christ. The goal has never been taking territory. The goal has never been conquering earthly rule in Canada, the goal is conquering our own hearts and oneness with the Lord Jesus Christ until his image is formed in us. God bless you. Coming up next week, if you really wanna know where the spirit of Jezebel was taking ground and affecting and neutralizing the church, you'll find her within certain streams of prophetic ministry. Thanks for listening to Transformation Generation Podcast. If you liked what you heard, visit HistoryMakersAcademy.com to enroll in one of our cutting-edge trainings. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, History Makers TV.